My friend, we cannot keep this a secret any longer. Let us punish the guilty. Let us reward the innocent. My friend, can your heart stand the shocking facts about... friends, welcome to Why Bloody Valentine. I'm Rich and I'm here with Carolyn. Hi. And it's Friday, Friday, cutting teenagers up on Friday. We watched Friday the 13th on Friday. No, we didn't. We watched it on Thursday. <laughs> Close to Friday, though. We're recording on Friday. So, count it. We announced it on Friday the 13th. We recorded the podcast on Friday the 20th. Our assistant's birthday. Yes, I don't know where I'm going with any of this either. No clue. Cast. We'll get there. I have no idea. So it's a movie that we so obviously should have covered by now, but somehow we have not. Like, this is... This is, like, dead on what this podcast is about, is movies like this. Mm -hmm. And to have not covered it up until this point, and to not even, like, really realize it until... I was like, hey, Friday the 13th is coming up. It's kind of weird. Like, some of the movies that we have covered, like, we've watched Manos Hands of Fate on this podcast, and we haven't watched Friday the 13th yet. Yeah, it is weird. Makes no fucking sense. We haven't done a lot of characters that are on your arm. No. We're getting there, though. We'll do House of a Thousand Corpses soon. I do not think you'll like that movie. I don't like any of your movies. It's true. I think it's important to know that this movie is an unabashed ripoff of Halloween. Not so much the story, but the structure and the horror rules that they follow. This hits all the same beats as Halloween. For most of the movie, it's a mute, faceless killer. Mm-hmm. The sex teens get killed. There's a final girl. It follows the outline, the blueprint of Halloween. Not necessarily the um, the story of Halloween. Mm-hmm. The movie admittedly came about because the creator saw how successful Halloween was and just decided, like, let's fucking do that, too. Because these, like, weren't Hollywood guys, yeah. even though Paramount put it out. And now they're billionaires. These were, Well, they're not billionaires. Uh, um, the studio made most of the money. And then these two, the writer and the fucking director guy, just have been suing each other for the last almost 40 years. Wow. And finally, that's settled. So it looks like we're going to get another Friday the 13th movie from the people that were involved in the original one. It's clearly iconic. Uh, it's also, like, way more poorly written than Halloween. Like, there were superstars that worked on Halloween. John Carpenter, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That, that guy's a fucking titan. Sean Cunningham never became what John Carpenter would become after Halloween. Mm-hmm. They barely had a script for this movie. A huge portion of this movie was just made up as they went. Improv. Seriously? Yes. Her jumping out of the Jeep. Mm-hmm. They said, oh, maybe she should jump out of the Jeep. And she said, I can jump out of the Jeep. Oh, my and God. she showed him she could do a fucking tumble set. So that's how that made it in the movie. Like, this like shit she was... actually jumped out of a Jeep. Yeah, this shit was just made up as they went. Wow. And it was funded at least in part by the mafia. Some fucking gangster put up most of the 500 grand for this fucking movie. Hmm. Think he got his money? Yes. I think he did. (laughs) Because these guys can still walk. They aren't sleeping with the fishes. They didn't have their kneecaps broken. Mm -hmm. I will say this, though. Despite the low budget, the fact that these are all, like, stage people. All of them are, like, stage people. Even the director was a like a playwright guy. He's a stage guy. Mm-hmm. Um, the effects are good. They did not have stage people doing the effects. They got the great Tom Savini to do the effects, who is a legend. He's like the top of the mountain when it comes to horror movies and effects and stuff. He did all the 
George Romero, Night of the Living Dead, all those effects and shit. Mm-hmm. So they did get the best of the best for that. And that's why I think it holds up fairly well. Graphics. <laughs> Let's get into the cast. First up is Adrian King as Alice, the final girl. She is very much most well-known because of this series. She has been in one, two, four, and seven. So, and she's been in all the documentaries about the movie. Was she the final girl? Yes, the one in the lake. Was she the, the final end. girl in the other movies, too? I don't remember. She must have been the final girl in some of them because she's in th- four of them. But I don't, I don't remember. I'm going to have to watch them again. To see if Does like, she play the same character? See if well in the second one definitely, but to see if they're callbacks. I well, I, I don't remember them. It's been years and years since I've seen them. So I don't remember them to that extent. I remember this fucking movie though. I was quoting this movie. I was doing that thing where I would say things before they say them. Mm-hmm. And then when they say them, I'd look at you like, Aren't you impressed? Aren't you turned on by this? It was I? No. Oh. No. Sorry. I would say no, you were not. I was trying to stay awake. Next up is Betsy Palmer as Pamela Voorhees. She ended up being the most well-known for this, I guess. But she was actually a very popular television actor for decades. Like, so so much so... She was in the movie for, like, ten minutes. Yeah. But she was, like, to the point where she was on game shows. You know how, like, Betty White would get on Hollywood Squares and shit? Mm-hmm. She was on the celebrity game shows because she was so well-known back then. Things weren't um, great for her at this point in her career, though. She hated the script. She said, what a piece of shit. But she took it anyway because she needed money to buy a car. Because her car was a piece of shit and she was like broke. Hmm. So she needed car money. So she did this fucking movie. And she thought nobody would see it. Which is a recurring theme amongst the actors and actresses in this movie. They didn't think anybody would see it. So they were willing to do some shit. Like show their boobies and stuff? That is exactly where this is going later. Yep. Next up is Kevin Bacon as Jack Burrell. Before coming one of the most famous actors in the industry, he was in Animal House, which, while successful, didn't get him many roles. He actually ended up going back to waiting tables after he was in Animal House before he got this role. Again, he's another stage guy. All these fucking people are stage actors, which you never know how that's going to go. You could get a movie like Chud where it's all a bunch of theater kids and it's fucking horrendous because they're not movie people. They're theater people, and it's different. It's not the same thing. Okay. Or or you get this where somehow it works. Maybe because it's, like, so poorly written and on such a shoestring budget, they couldn't, like, they couldn't indulge their, the theater part of their psyche. They had to just make this fucking movie the way they had to make this movie. So it was a dark, moonlit, 1958 night at Camp Crystal Lake. I've only been to camp once. Me and too. It, and it was like a, a school trip to camp. We went to... Mine was not. It was a summer um, camp. Pocono Plateau in fifth grade. But it was, it was pretty similar to this. Like we were singing songs and all that shit. It was kind of... songs. But I don't know if this is the normal camp experience. I don't... I don't... Uh, not getting murdered? Not no. that part. Normally like not. the beginning part where it's just the actual camp in the 50s. Mm-hmm. And then the counselors get murdered. It was lots more people. Yeah. Not just the counselors. Yeah. Someone is lurking, looking at the kitties. They got that Jason theme. I'm just going to call it that. The Jason theme. That's what everybody says, including me. But it's not really. No, it's. This is ma. Yeah. He took the k from kill and the ma from mommy kill mommy kill a mommy oh from the end because that's what she was saying as jason so he just took that part and he turned it like into i that. could he- hear it, it going k- k- k, but not it, it sounds like ha yeah it does but yeah that's what the um the composer said he did just Weird. kill a mommy and he just took those two pieces of it and turned it into that which, I mean, that's pretty fucking good, I guess. It's pretty fucking creative. Yeah. Because the guy that made the score to this movie is like, how the fuck am I going to do this? And I think, like, I, I will talk about the score in a little bit. So I'll talk about it then, I guess. They're singing hymns. Uh, I guess this is some sort of Christian camp. We, I think we sang, like, Hallelujah and shit when I went to camp, too. But I think Pocono Plateau was a Christian camp. 
And you probably, I'm assuming, went to a Christian camp. No, I didn't. Really? You went to some secular camp? Yeah, it was just a summer camp. Weird. So the It fa- was uh, my stepmother's idea, so. Oh, okay. I think I would have liked being um, the type of kid that goes to camp. I think I would have enjoyed it. I cried. Did you? I would not have fucking cried. I cried for days. I did not want to be there. I, I am a very homebody. Don't like going That's new true. places. Don't like doing new things. Don't like new people or people at all. I read a quote the other day. I think it was from Richard Hell, and I'm not going to get the quote right. But he said he likes leaving places. So he he's also pretty famous for the um, life's only as good as the memories we make or whatever the hell it was. Or no, not that. Memories are better than life. Like life is just kind of mundane. But the memories are the important part of life. So you should always make the decision that makes the most memories. Okay. Um, what I sung, what I said was lyrics to an Atari song first. So <laughs> <laughs> the second quote is right. <laughs> but that, that Atari song is how I got on the reading these Richard Hell poems. And he said something like, he always goes so he can leave. Like, he never goes a place to go to it. He goes there to leave it. And that's kind of how I am. Like, I go to the place. I'm like, all right, experience completed. I'm ready to go. You're never ready to go. You always whine and bitch and cry that you don't want to leave. Where? Where don't I ever want to leave? Any place we visit. I don't believe that. Oh, no, not that. I meant, like, if I go to an event. I'm generally ready for it to be over. An event? Yeah. So, like, If you're talking, like, vacation, like, the beach, that's because I want to stay at the beach forever. I just want to live there. But, yeah, usually I'm like, all right, had my experience, let's go. Hmm. Yeah, it's weird. So, this being a Christian camp makes all the fucking even more sinful. Speaking of, two counselors off to fuck. I'd assume this is standard practice for camp counselors. Like to they're fuck? All, yeah. They're all fucking each other. Because they're like teenagers. And that's what teenagers do. Mom was an all-girl camp with all-girl counselors. And they were fucking each other. They were probably still fucking. Yeah, that makes no difference. Whoever was creeping earlier is still creeping. I don't think they're actually fucking, but they were getting there, these two. Well, she was saying no, that he was going, he was getting close to being too far. Mm. Yeah, because they still had their clothes on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, she just wanted to make out. Yeah. Uh, he gets gutted. Yeah. So that's her first kill. She tries to run away, but to no avail. She screams, and it cuts to the logo, and there's glass shattering for some fucking reason, which doesn't might have worked when you had a television with glass, but we don't have glass anymore on TVs. Yeah. And it probably didn't work in the movie theater, which was never glass. It was just weird. Yeah. But whatever. She was surely killed, so I counted her. Well, it says later, the two kids that died. Correct. Multiple times they go over that. So what we'll say is we got one boob, ten deaths. Carolyn was jump scared two times. Once was by a snake. I don't like snakes. No, nobody does. Especially, and they were scared of it too in this movie. Movie came out in 1980, 95 minutes, obviously rated R. It was also rated, was that a thing? X-ray. That's if you watch it on Amazon. You can pause it and see who's on the screen and stuff, which I tried to do a million times. And then I'm like, this isn't on Amazon. This is on HBO Max. Fuck. So the music in this movie is fucking bonkers. It's like brutal to the ear and it's legitimately stressful. Yeah. It's like stress inducing music, which is good, I guess, for this. Setting the tone. The credits are just white block letters on a black background, so I'm not sure it was completely necessary here. So now we're in the present, which for this project is 1990. Oh, yeah. Speaking of the music. So the composer, he, like I said earlier, he's like, how the fuck am I going to do this? Because most of the movie is from the killer's perspective. Well, not most of the movie, but all the killing is from the killer's perspective. So he's like, and I don't know if the director and anybody even thought of this. A lot of the movie is just shot from behind their eyes. Mm -hmm. If you take the music out, you don't know that. You just think it's a camera shot. Like, you would not know that. 
Right. You would just think it's any other camera shot. So his idea in it was pretty fucking brilliant, honestly. There's only music when the killer's on the prowl from their perspective or in the area. There's no other music. That's mm-hmm. why this there's so much silence throughout this fucking movie. But you don't But re- you know when to be scared. Right. You don't realize it though without like picking up on the fact that there's only music when the killer's there. That if you were watching this and there was music throughout, you would not necessarily ever know when you're looking through the killer's eyes, the killer's in the area. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, good fucking choice by that guy. We got some backpacker walking through town looking for Crystal Camp Crystal Lake. She's actually in the town of Crystal Lake, according to the radio. It's definitely Friday the 13th as well. She stops at the diner looking for directions. It's about 20 miles, okay? Some dude, some piggish truck driver is going to drive her halfway, so 10 miles. There's a crazy old man Pretty named... Pretty big town. Huh? Pretty big town. Well, I think most of the 10 miles were outside of town. But she was in the town of Crystal Lake, and it's Camp Crystal Lake. Yeah. So there's a crazy old man named Ralph that accosted her and lets her know it has a death curse. And, like... She won't come back. Yeah, and I... Because of things like this, I think you should listen to crazy old fucks when they tell you stuff like that. The guy at the gas station that's in so many movies, you should always listen to those crazy old fucks because they're always right. No matter what they say? Uh, I think they must be. Like, get in the back of this van and have candy? No, not that. Not stuff like that. If they're warning you of danger to stay away from danger, I think you got to take heed. Okay. So dude driving her is kind of a perv. He calls her cute. He touches her ass when she's getting in the truck. Fucking just a creep. Yeah, he grabs both hands. Yeah. He's breaking down the news as to why the camp was closed. He wants her to quit because the camp is jinxed. There was a drowning in 57, two murders in 58, bunch of fires, and they tried to reopen it one time and there was bad water, mm-hmm. which doesn't seem like a curse. That just seems like maybe get your fucking plumbing updated. Yeah. That was just like bad luck. Yeah. So like I said earlier, the dialogue in this movie is, it's pretty bad. Yes. And that's because they made it up while they were going. There was no real plan. They had a script, but apparently they were but like, they what? Improv'd it seems like it it's too. more of an outline now than an actual good script. Mm-hmm. So I don't get why this dickhead wouldn't just drive her the rest of the way. It's 10 more minutes. Like, you're going to drive... If if I'm in a diner, and some girl's huge fucking backpack or whatever, and she's going 20 miles, and I'm saying, well, I'm going 10 miles of that, so I'll give you the 10 miles. I am not going to make this person walk another 10 fucking miles down, down a road into the forest. I'm going to just dr- fucking drive them the rest of the way. It is not that much of an imposition. Even if you're in your tractor trailer? Well, in my tractor trailer, I wouldn't be allowed to pick up that girl at all. So I want to drive her anyway. Because he was it. in his work truck. Right, but he already, if that's a rule, he already broke the rule. So, so you he, wouldn't break the rule? No. Not worth my job. So, um, yeah, I'd have just drove her the rest of the way, like a decent human being. I wouldn't be like, get out and fucking walk the rest of the way, stupid. Because she's really nice. And we're at the camp. It's hard to tell how old Steve is. The mustache and, and like, the jorts, the booty jorts that he's wearing, make him seem 45. But he looks the same age as the rest of the kids. Yeah, and it's 1980, so he could just be 19, because they didn't care. Yeah. I have to assume he's at least in his 30s or something, but I have no clue how old this fucking guy is. And there's our young Kevin Bacon. It's crazy to me that some of the biggest actors started out in these 80s and 90s horror films. Like, Bacon. They gotta start somewhere. Yeah, well, he started with Animal House, but didn't work out for him. So then he moved on to this. Gets killed in this movie. He's not even, like, the dude that made... He should be the last guy to get killed. Not back then. Well, yeah, I think even back then, because he was honestly, like, nice and kind of shivalry. The dude can't be the last one standing. No, I mean the last guy. He should have been the one, not Bill, him. It should have been him, not Bill. Because A, he's more of a stud than Bill was. How do you know what studs are? Well, you know what a handsome man looks like, and he was more handsome than Bill. I understand. (laughs) Doesn't... I'm not so insecure with my sexuality that I can't say Kevin Bacon is more handsome than whoever the fuck played Bill. 
fuck out of here. And he was like, he was like the nice one and the helpful one. Mm-hmm. So you would think he wouldn't be the second person to die in this movie. You'd think he would have made it to almost the end. But he didn't. And then we had Johnny Depp in fucking Nightmare on Elm Street also gets killed. He did make it almost to the end, though. Um, and then Jennifer Aniston in fucking Leprechaun. Final girl. She did make it to the end. But all these people got starts in these fucking crazy horror movies that are all kind of independent movies, too. Like, I guess Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah, all of them, really. Are you going to do Leprechaun? Yeah, eventually. Again, I can't believe we haven't done it. Those movies take such a fucking hard turn into, like, comedy that we might only do the first one. Good. Steve is hitting on Alice like an absolute fucking creep. She doesn't like it here, but we'll give it a week. No, she won't. She will give it about fucking 16 hours. Yeah, just a few hours. (laughs) Every dude in this movie is a fucking creep except Kevin. I guess Bill's not a creep either. He's kind of all right. Everyone's here but Annie, who is still walking to camp. And we got a creeper again. See, I kind of like the POV view from the killer. And I think it's more effective in this movie than most. A lot of it's because of the music, I think. But a lot of it's also because you don't know who the killer is. In Halloween, they do some of that shit, the POV of the killer. But you know it's Michael Myers. Like, you know that shit. If they show her ever, and it doesn't look like an old lady... It, won't, it fucking blows the movie. Mm-hmm. And if it does look like an old lady, it really blows the fucking movie. Mm-hmm. You're like, who's this fucking old bitch? Until she tells you, and you're like, all right, whatever. I bet the reveal was awesome the first time you saw this movie. I don't remember the first time I saw this movie. I've seen this movie so many fucking times. I don't remember it. And I don't... I didn't care, probably. So. That could be. There are so many jean shorts in this movie... And Ned almost shoots one of the girls with an arrow. So he's the he's the jokester. He's the fucking comic relief. And I, I cannot stand him. Nobody can stand him. Because he's just a fucking pain in the ass. Someone in a Jeep stops for Annie. So she did hitchhike here. Uh, she's an idealist. She's always wanted to work with children. She'll do anything for her dream. So a lot of the um, the stunt stuff was handled by... By Tom Savini's partner, okay? A lot of it. So, like, driving the Jeep, handled by Tom Savini's partner. When the arrow goes through Kevin Bacon's neck and the blood's shooting out, Mm -hmm. the pump had broken, so he just got on the fucking tube and was (laughs) blowing the fucking blood out. So, a lot of the stunt stuff is Tom Savini's partner that does almost all of it. And he drives the Jeep, he cuts her throat coming up here. But first they have to pass the road for the camp. She jumps out of the speeding Jeep and now we've got a foot chase. And that's when he cuts her throat. Even after she says no. Still does it. Yeah, it was uh, non-consensual throat cutting. No, she was not into it. Counselors are having fun doing tumble sets and swimming. There's a lot of tumble sets in this movie. And like, Ned does a tumble set. Like, it's impressive. Like, 99%. Like, we're supposed to be impressed. I can do a tumble set right now. Well, you said that, but yet you still haven't There's no room in this can. room to do a tumble set. If there was room to do a tumble set, I could do a fucking tumble set. Okay, well, go downstairs. I want you to show me. Why don't you think I can do a tumble set? I just want to see it. We'll have to put a mattress on the floor. What? Why? Because I don't want to I don't want to land on the floor and hurt myself. Land? It's a roll. You start off on the floor. No, you got to kind of start off, like, bent over. I'd never heard them called a tumble set until I met you. Am I the only person that calls them tumble sets? Is that not a tumble set? When I was growing up, we called it a flip. But then... That's not a flip. Dude, did you hear the but then yeah. as you were butting in there? <laughs> but then as I got older, you know, like more than five, yeah, we called them forward rolls. What What is more boring, forward roll or tumble set? I did not say that it was not exciting. I just said I had never heard it called that until but I, I met you. Th- have you heard anyone since you've heard me call it that a tumble set? No. So I'm the only one. The only one in my life that calls it a tumble set. But it, the, like, the class is called tumbling. Okay. And that's a set of tumbles? I, I don't know. 
Uh-huh. It might be. No. I mean, a pair of pants is only one pant. <laughs> never heard it called that. You never, you never heard pants called a pair of pants? Oh, my God. I've never heard it called a tumble set. If you have two pairs of pants, do you have a pair of pair of pants? No, you have two pairs of pants. Pair of pair. You have a pair. Two pairs of pants. Anyway, a tumble set was fucking whack. Whack as fuck. And I could do it. Ned continues to just be an absolute fucking terror. He pretends to drown and shit. Just the most annoying dude. They fish him out and the girl he's hitting on is going to give him mouth to mouth. But he doesn't get it to it. He like hugs her instead. This was much more effective in the sandlot. Yeah. The pretending to drown to get to kiss a girl. Mm -hmm. Creepy. Yes. Less creepy when you're like a, a fucking teenager just trying to kiss a girl. It I guess. It didn't work out good in now and then. No. They were big mad. She got no, punched she in got the face. punched in the face for it. So this is always a risky move, pretending to drown. My friend's mom saved some kid fucking drowning at the Rock Street pool one time. Really? Yeah. Wow. She dove right in like a hero. That is a hero. Did she have to get CPR? No, he wasn't that far gone. Oh, good. And this is the snake. The snake time. It's snake time. You squeal, jump scare city. It's scary. Yeah. I don't like snakes, and it it was like PTSD from this summer when I saw a snake. Yeah, you did see a snake. In a... Cabin. In a cabin. Yeah. It tried to get me. It didn't, but... It was the size of an anaconda. It was very little. I might not have saw it. Did not move an inch. Might have been dead. <laughs> it wasn't dead. <laughs> she, she said it wasn't dead, and I didn't really see it. She just said it was... She didn't even see she, the <laughs> I just knew it was there As afterwards. far as you know, it was a fucking worm. It was not. <laughs> it was an anaconda. It was enormous. So the dude with the machete comes to say... after my head. It, it, what? It went after my head. I don't think it went after anything. It I think did. it was asleep. It was just cold. It was the middle of summer, so... <laughs> so the dude with the machete comes to save the day, but he's scared as fuck, too. So they start hitting it with pillows, which... Seems nope. pretty risky. It seems like you could fling the snake with a pillow. Yeah, that's not a good idea. I definitely wouldn't choose a pillow as a weapon against the snake. They do finally kill it with the machete. He cuts it into multiple pieces. Yeah, that's pieces. a good weapon. Yeah, that's better than a pillow. Cops are here just in time for Ned to do a racist Indian dance in his underwear. And they're up here looking for Ralph. The cop's name is Dorf. Like, how dare you be called... Whatever happened to Ralph? I think he just went home. Huh. Pretty sure he's in the second movie. Hmm. Want to watch it tonight? No. He is a local yokel, small town motorcycle cop. If we did watch it tonight, we might as well take notes and just use it for the next fucking podcast. Ralph has arrived on a mission from God to warn them. They're doomed if they stay. They're doomed. They're all doomed. We need to start saying doomed more. We don't. You say it enough. I'm going to start saying it at work meetings. Oh, God. If we don't get this stuff down here by... 4 p.m. We are doomed. <laughs> I'm going to start saying it. Okay. One of these girls is an annoying vegan, and she makes fun of the meat by saying it looks like dead animals. It is dead animals. Th that's exactly what meat is. Yeah, it's not. A, that's a bad joke. There was another joke in here where I'm like, that was supposed to be a joke, wasn't it? And it was so bad. Yeah, the jokes are not good in this movie. Oh, my God. This meat looks like dead animal. Yeah. What the yeah, fuck? No shit. I hope so. Like, oh my god, this meat looks like a jalapeno pepper. <laughs> what? No. It is a dead animal. So it looks like exactly what it's supposed to look like. Ned walking around alone. He sees someone. Uh, they skulk back into the cabin, so he follows them. <clears throat> this is what I mean here about um, Kevin Bacon's character, Jack. Like, you th kind of think he should make it. Because he seemingly has a steady girlfriend in Marcy. They seem like they're a couple, mm -hmm. not like a fling. They both do not like Ned. No one likes Ned, because Ned sucks. Uh, she's going to tell him about it's her... It's all right. He'll die. Yeah. Well, he's already dead at this point. You just don't know yet. So she's going to tell him about her dream. It's raining blood all over her dream like a fucking Slayer song. And in comes the storm. Going to rip through the valley like... Like a son of a gun. Like, who talks like that? People in the 80s? I don't think they did. I think they, I think I they still cursed. I think they still cursed. People around me did not cuss. Not around you, but people that, like, Well, these were the good camp. Christian people. Are they? They were going to go fuck at the camp momentarily. Also, that girl in the truck with that guy, 
He's like, don't go. Just quit. Don't go. She's like, you're a real American original. What the fuck does that mean? I don't know. Like, you, she had to have just made that up. And they're like, keep it in. Keep it in. We don't want to reshoot this and have to pay for more diesel for this truck. Marcy is going to feast on a meal of bacon. This sex scene is re- a real sizzler. Because he's bacon. See, that was better than any joke in the movie, though. And it, okay. wasn't, it wasn't good. No, it wasn't. But it was better than those other fucking movies. I didn't even know it was a joke until you, like, stopped and pointedly looked at me like I'm supposed to laugh. But you didn't. No, because you're not funny. They're not alone in this, though. Everyone else is back at the cabin together except Ned. They're going to play Monopoly, Strip Monopoly. This was literally just filler for the movie. That's why they filmed it. Really? Yeah. That's it. Strip Monopoly. Because it goes nowhere. It just yeah, except she walks around in her underwear. Then yeah, but they rest. could have done anything for that. She would have just been sleeping in her underwear. <laughs> I mean. So back to the fucking. Kevin Bacon comes. I think she finishes too. I think I think they both finish. <laughs> Little does he know Ned is dead on, to- on the top bunk. And I'm super glad that Ned didn't get laid. He just got killed. Because I did not like him ever in this movie. And I don't think he ever deserved to have sex. Um, Kevin Baker does strike me as a generous lover, so I'm sure she did. Oh my god. She looked bored to me. No, she was... She, uh, 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 uh. Ew. One boob. This is so realistic, she's even going to pee afterwards. It's important. It is. That's how you, you, that's how you prevent urinary tract infections. So, the actress was very apprehensive to take the role because she had to do this topless scene. She's like, I'm a serious theater actress. Well, she only showed one boob. He had his hand on the other one the whole time. Yeah. Well, once you show one, you can kind of imagine what the other one looks like. They're usually pretty similar. Yeah. Um, She took it, though, because she justified it by saying, well, no one's ever going to see this movie again. (laughs) Someone else is like, ah, nobody's going to see this. Everyone has seen it. Kevin Bacon, now this leads this leads into my thinking he's probably a generous lover, knew how apprehensive she was for it. So he said, like, hey, let's go for a walk. And they went for a walk in one of the cabins and smoked a joint together before the scene. Hmm. Wasn't that nice? To calm her nerves. He's a very nice boy. Strip Monopoly is going well. Bacon's lighting up a smoke. A little bit of blood drips onto his head. He does one of these fucking maneuvers where he wipes it off. But it doesn't matter because he has an arrow through his neck. Which means that chick was laying underneath the bed while they were having sex the whole time and just Yeah, listening. Waited. Listening. Mm-hmm. Probably getting a little turned on, depending on if she was Jason or her. Because sometimes she's Jason, sometimes she's her. In this movie? Yeah. They go back and forth? Well, yeah, that's why he's like, kill her, mommy! Kill her, mommy! I thought she was just doing it for him because he died. Um, I think, I think she is... Um, out of her fucking mind mm-hmm. is what I think. So I think she is some sort of um, trauma-induced schizophrenia, maybe? Yeah. We get another jump scare. It's been so long since you've been jump scared in a movie. Well, they were fake horror movies before this. And like, this, they weren't real horror and movies. And this is the real deal. Well, yeah. It's one of the ones that everybody knows. You yeah. can't show a Jason mask without them knowing who it is. Right, even though it's not in this movie. That's true. Or the second movie. Really? Nope. He wears like a fucking burlap sack on his head in the second movie. Oh, yeah. Doesn't come till the third movie. Also, oddly enough, when they start getting kind of cheesy. Because this isn't cheesy. Say what you want about it. It might be like like somewhat poorly written. But it's not cheesy until the end. The end's cheesy. But it's not really, it's not super cheesy. Okay. They play it pretty seriously. Like, they're not fucking around. They're trying their best. So Marcy is obviously shitting in there. She's not pissing because she's in there forever. She's reading the fucking graffiti on the walls and everything. Girls don't do that. I know. That's that's very unsettling that this happened. She hears a noise and thinks it's Jack. This leads her to get out of the stall because um, she, she don't want Jack to know she poops. Right. Um... Those are fake toilets, and someone pooped in them for real. What? Ew. Yeah. Oh, my God. You got to watch all the fucking Friday the 13th documentaries. No, I don't. Oh, they're so fucking good. 
there's his name was Jason, Crystal Lake Memories, and I think Netflix did one of the movies that made us about this movie. They're, they're so fucking good. It's a miracle this movie exists. It really is. So some of her last words are legit going to be Aubrey Hepburn quotes in the mirror. You just never know what they're going to be. You just got to hope they're good. And an axe to the forehead does her in. She didn't put up much of a fight. No, she literally just like... And she's like, winced, ah, hopefully, like okay. hopefully it doesn't hurt. They tried to use a prosthetic. They couldn't get it to work. So they hot glued that fake axe right to her face. Yeah? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> not the worst. Not the worst thing that happened to one of these fuckers. Uh, they're getting awfully naked at the Monopoly game. One of them left the windows open in her cabin, though. So she's deadass leaving in her underwear to close them instead of simply getting dressed and leaving. Yes. Um, I guess she'll get her clothes tomorrow. But, like, it's obvious she's not coming back. Mm-hmm. And now we're at a diner. Steve is there for some reason. He's taking a break, I guess. And he tips this woman like a fucking quarter. Well, it was a lot back then. No, it wasn't. A quarter was still not a lot, I don't think. I don't think it was ever... I think his meal was only like $6. I think all he had was a fucking... It's breakfast. She wasn't expecting any tip. She wasn't expecting him to pay for it all. She just wants to fuck that man. She wants to fuck him. So it's fine. She's happy about it, though. Steve is leaving in his Jeep. The only reason for this scene is so... Well, there's two reasons. You see him driving a Jeep. It's so you know he drives a Jeep, the exact same Jeep. Probably the exact yes. same Jeep. <laughs> like, not two similar Jeeps. Probably yeah. the exact same Jeep twice. And so it can break down so you know they don't have a way to leave. Mm-hmm. So the lady going to her cabin in such a rush went to the bathroom instead. Like She's like, oh, God, I got to close those windows. Instead, she goes to the bathroom, too. So she mustn't be too fucking worried about the rain, honestly. Because if it's that big a deal, you go there first and then go pee. Murderer hasn't even left yet. She somehow makes it out of there, though. Mm-hmm. And this is this is when Steve breaks down in his Jeep, broke down on the side of the road for no reason. Classic Jeep. That's what they do. That's what they're made for. And somehow a cop just happens to be driving around in the middle of fucking nowhere. The cop is going to give him a lift back to camp, and they'll get the Jeep in the morning. It is unbelievable to me that this cop was out there. Yeah. Was he just fucking patrolling nothing? Well, that's very unrealistic. They really focus on the fucking Jeep, too. There's like a good 10-second shot of the Jeep after they leave and everything. I, Like I said, I've seen this movie so many times, I don't even remember if that tricked me the first time I saw it. And I bet it did trick some people. They're like, hmm, is it that motherfucker? Mm-hmm. This movie very much only works once. Yeah, a, how could it have been that motherfucker when people were obviously dying and he's nowhere near there? Right, well, I don't think it m- needs to necessarily make sense. You don't know when he went there. You don't know how long he's been there. They, they keep jumping timelines? Well, they could have been an hour later. You don't know. That's stupid. But he's not the killer. Stalker stalking again. Could have killed her in the bathroom, but no, they're going to play a game with her. Screaming, help me from outside. It sounds like the lady from the Life Alert commercial. Yeah. Until she gets closer, then it does start sounding like a child, which is what it's supposed to sound like. But at first, it... Help me! I've fallen and I can't get up! <laughs> like, that's what it sounds like. She's out searching for what I guess she thinks is a little boy. Why would there be a little boy? I don't know. It does sound more like a little boy, as I said, once she gets outside. I bet it is a little boy and not her screaming. Uh, you can't see shit right now. Which while realistic, is fucking annoying. Yes. That you can't see anything. Like, I get what they're trying to do. They're building the atmosphere, and I guess they do it successfully, but it's really fucking annoying. I disliked, and this is one of my favorite movies, okay? I disliked the Texas Chainsaw Massacre initially because of this. I couldn't fucking see, see anything. anything. Yeah. And it's it's still a little over the top in the versions now. A little too dark for my liking, but I can live with it. We used to rent it all the time from West Coast Video, and the copy they had was apparently way overwatched mm-hmm. because it was fucking pitch black throughout huge portions of the movie, and I just thought that's how the movie was. So I'm like, this is not fucking good. I can't see anything. Lights are on. She's at the archery range. That's a callback because that's where he shot the arrows at her earlier. Yep. All we get is a scream, but she's dead. She gets thrown through a window with some rope wrapped around her a little bit later. 
Bill is back from checking out the generator. Alice heard the scream and saw the lights on. She's concerned. Her and Bill are headed out to find Brenda. Brenda. All they find is a bloody axe in a bed, which should have been a little more bloody. Oh, yeah. It looked very clean for being in someone's face. Yeah. That is a mistake. That axe should have been covered in blood, not a little sliver of blood. Oh, yeah. I gotta say, they don't fuck around in this movie. There was, like, a quote from, I think it was either Wes Craven or John Carpenter, saw the movie before it was out, like, a screening of it, and they're like, this movie's boring, it doesn't move. I think this movie fucking flies. They kill everybody real fast, I think. They do. So I don't know if maybe he saw a version that they had screened before it was edited or something, because I do not get that at all. If there's one thing I'll say about this movie is it flies past. Well, it's nothing but a masker. That's what it is. That's even what the fucking, a lot of the reviews were, and like what a lot of There's the- like no plot. There's not much of anything. You don't really get to know the characters. You just kill them. You literally just said what like one of the actresses said in one of those documentaries. There's no plot. There's not much like dialogue. There wasn't much writing. It was just getting to the kill scenes. Mm-hmm. The whole movie Yeah, just is, skip from kill to kill to kill to kill to kill. Is bridging these kill scenes. That's yep. all it is. And then when you get to the end and she's- Having a hard time killing out of nowhere. Yeah. It's just almost kill, almost kill, almost kill. Yeah, well, she gave away the element of surprise. So that's what it was? That's I, why I she think, suddenly can't I think kill so. anyone? Yeah, I think so. Because when she was surprising people, she's an old fucking lady. Like, when she was surprising people, she can kill them. Although I don't know how the fuck she threw that woman through the window being an old lady. Pretty impressive feat of strength. So they're going to call someone, but the office door is locked. Alice busts the window. Sadly, the phone is dead, and all they have is a payphone, which is also dead. You know why they're dead? Because she cut the lines. Dun, dun, dun. A dead movie trope that no longer exists, because our phones don't have lines anymore. Nope. You'd have to go find a cell phone tower and, like, knock it the fuck over to Mm -hmm. do that now. Significantly harder. Cell phones really hurt a lot of movies. I guess in this one, though, there would just be no service. Yeah. Because they're out in the middle of the woods. Truck battery is dead, too. They think it's because it's wet. Um, yeah, that doesn't make any probably sense. not probably not it, like every car didn't just die when it rained yeah so I'm assuming something else is wrong with the truck and there was an accident so this cop is just gonna drop Steve and go now they have no vehicle to escape with and they would have had a gun with bullets too had the cop gone all you see is this motherfucker in his raincoat when suddenly a blinding light appears next to the sign and he's dead mm-hmm. she kills him so now all the lights in camp are out. And this grown-ass man to just... Yeah. Easy peasy. He's like, hey, what are you doing out here? And she's like, dead! Mm-hmm. All the lights are out in camp. We're down to two counselors. Bill is going to check the generator. He suggests Alice get some sleep, which she tries to do. Which I would not try to do. But well, she does get some sleep because she has a bad dream. Yeah. So the moment I find a bloody axe, the idea of sleeping is over. Like, that's just <laughs> not happening. It's like, okay, no. There's some shit's going on here. Generator is full of gas. Alice jolts awake, jolts awake, screaming for Bill. Then she remembers he's at the generator. At least the gas works in this place. So she's going to make some instant coffee, which is an abomination. Yeah, that's disgusting. The epitome of lazy American convenience. Just fucking gross what we do. Side note, no one wears a bra in this movie at all. There are so many nipples in this movie. I would, I'm surprised this wasn't shot in the fucking winter. <laughs> I don't know if she drinks the coffee because now she's screaming for Bill in the woods. She finds his raincoat and Bill full of arrows. So you want another little story from the production of this movie? Sure. The blood is three ingredients. It's corn syrup, food coloring, and Kodak photo flow. The photo flow gives it the viscosity that the blood needs. But it's like a chemical used for processing photos. So it is toxic. Okay, That's why I like... Him spitting the fucking shit out with his mouth was not good. He ran right to the lake and washed his mouth out because it's not good. Wow. Okay. So they didn't, like, I don't think they really know, but they know. You know what I mean? Like, back then, I don't think they know, like, how dangerous it can be. But also, they know it's also not good. Mm -hmm. So when they did this, they had fake blood running down his face. It was being pumped down his face. And because of the arrow, he had a prosthetic. And the arrow was in the prosthetic over his eye. Mm-hmm. the blood instead of running over the prosthetic ran under the prosthetic mm-hmm. right into his real eye oh shit they rushed him to the emergency room they were trying to dilate his eye couldn't even see the light at all 
And this man was blind in his one eye to make this $500,000 piece of shit movie oh for six months. He could not see out of his one eye. He just thought he was blind forever. Wow. And then it came back. But yes, this man almost lost vision in his eye for this fucking movie. Wow. So one girl showed her tits and it adversely affected her entire career. This guy almost lost his fucking eye. Wow. And that just tells you how, like what a wild west the 80s were. Because these were like the best of the best. Mm-hmm. And this shit was still happening. Final girl time. Back to the cabin. Now she knows someone is killing and it's reasonable to assume she knows her friends have been killed. She she ties a rope around the door and closes the concur- the curtains, which completely secures the cabin. Yeah, and then um, for some reason, it's a door that opens towards the out. So she, she tied it. Okay. But then she started piling stuff in front of the door. Why? Yeah. You either... pile stuff in front of a door if it pushes towards the stuff. Yeah. Unless this is some this kind opens of... opens out. Why was she piling Some stuff? kind of door that swings both ways? I don't fucking know. But... Bisexual door? Yeah. But yeah, the moment she starts throwing like little pieces of furniture, and it is little pieces of furniture, there might be a trunk with some weight to it, but she's throwing like dining room chairs in front of it and shit. Mm-hmm. If you threw that shit in front of a door, I would just open a door and it would just right. It would just fuck off. She has a baseball bat and a big fork. Those are her two weapons. One of those big three-tonged forks. What is that fucking? It's not a pitchfork. That's what the devil has. Like, it's like know. it's like a pitchfork for the for devil the on your shoulder. I don't know what it's actually called. It's for the grill. In through the window comes her very dead friend. Um, and she tells her friend to get out. <laughs> She's like, get the fuck out of here, dead person. It doesn't work. She stays dead. No, she's very dead. And there's lights in the driveway. It's a Jeep. It must be Steve. It's not Steve. It's Pamela Voorhees. Pamela will go look and see what the fuck is going on. Yeah, she's their she, friend. It's fine. Yeah, she's an old friend of the Christie's. She'll straighten us out. She's not scared. No. She's distraught that Steve wanted to open. A young boy drowned here, don't you know? His name was Jason. I think... Did I say that was one of them? His name was Jason? One of the documentaries? Because it is. Mm -hmm. It's good. Pamela was the cook. She was working the day her son died. Traumatizing. Jason wasn't a very good swimmer. She almost says something else. She said Jason was not a very good swimmer. Like, I don't know if she was going to say retarded <laughs> or what, what she was going to say. Because that's what I was expecting because it's the fucking 80s. Yeah. He's at least deformed. But I don't know if that's where she was going. And then she politely said, not a very good swimmer. Pamela has flashbacks of her son drowning. Jason was her son. And today was his birthday. That's when I think she knows. Oh, fuck hearts. She's blaming this lady somehow. But... Alice actually fights back. Beats her with a fireplace poker. I wish she would have had a bellows, though. Oh, my God. Now blow, that you know the... Blow her out the door. The oh, yeah. Thank you to everyone who clarified that it's called a bellows. It made me feel real fucking stupid how many people told me it was a bellows. Well... It wasn't one. You could have learned it immediately, too, if you had just used Google. So don't feel that stupid. They might have used Google to tell you. Maybe. But I never used Google. But now you're going to use Bellows all the time. Yes. She's finding everybody as she runs away like some sort of fucking funhouse. They're just everywhere. Everywhere she goes now, there's a fucking dead body. Mm-hmm. This this movie is like the reverse psycho. So in that, um, Norman Bates is like him and his mom, who's dead. And in this, Pamela Voorhees is the mom and her son who's dead. So mm-hmm. it's like the inverse psycho. Alice finds a gun, but no bullets. She throws the gun at her. Some yarn, uh, I think an empty box. Mm-hmm. She throws whatever she can find in her. Pamela bitch slaps her over and over and over and over before being knocked out with the gun. So so this is a pretty good use of a gun. It's not my favorite use of the gun. My favorite use of the gun will always be Michael Myers. Takes the shotgun, looks at it confused, and then stabs the girl with it mm-hmm. instead of shooting her. That will always be my favorite. Probably kill in any horror movie ever because you could just see him being like, what the fuck is this? And he just stabs her with it. Because yeah. everything's a knife to that fucking goon. Mm-hmm. He's a goon and everything's a knife to him. Pamela Voorhees can take a hell of a beating for an old lady. Now Alice is stalking Pamela, though. The prey becomes the predator. I really feel like knowing this old lady is after you. The best move is to find some sort of weapon and like a defendable position. Because she's just an old lady. Yeah, she's just an old lady to you who's a grown-ass man. These are... This is a teenage girl yeah but she's young virile she should be able to run farther fight more 
than this old bitch. She's a good Christian girl. She's probably been taught to, you know... Turn the other cheek? Respect. Respect her elders. That's why she's she's like, well, I can't hurt this lady trying to kill me too much. She's Mm -hmm. older than me. Mm -hmm. She's like, sorry, ma'am. Like, but but it should be a fight you can win at least. Not not like she's when... been programmed to not fight. Okay, but like, even still, Jason is not a fight you can win. Right. Jason's mom is, and I mean she does. Eventually. eventually. Locking yourself in the pantry and making a bunch of noise is not the best idea. I know. She's not quiet. She's whimpering there. very loudly. Yeah, just shut the fuck up. And stop moving, too, because that makes noise in that old-ass cabin. Yes. Just don't do any of that shit. She's out there, but she leaves. Or so you think. Yeah. She doesn't really leave. She's fucking pretending to leave. And that's how you trick a little kid. She did the fucking thing that he did in Cable Guy. Mm-hmm. Where he's like, leave it! Mm-hmm. That's basically what she fucking did. This it bitch worked. falls for it. Once again, Pamela Voorhees is knocked out. This time with a cast iron pan. That, that is, should have killed her. That is a potentially fatal blow. That is yes. what I was going to say. You hit somebody in the fucking brain with a cast iron pan. Yes. You, if you did not kill them, they are not coming. No. They're not coming with the same energy that they were. Cr- crushed their skull for sure. <laughs> but you've got to fucking murder this woman. You've got to leave no doubt. you got to get her a couple more times with a cast iron pan while she's laying. Right. Like she's you already knocked out. Kill her. Yes. Instead, she goes and sits by the fucking lake, which which is the, the dumbest of choices. Right. Pamela, of course, finds her, but the reflection gives her away. And now it's a straight cat fight. Finally, Alice cuts her fucking head off. Mm-hmm. You want to know something funny? What? That I don't think audiences probably noticed while it was happening. And we didn't really notice it either because who's looking for that shit? The guy that I said, um, the assistant that was doing all of the stunt stuff. Anyway, like he drove the Jeep and all that shit. Mm-hmm. That guy is Pamela Voorhees in this. So they made an entire cast of her body and he like wore it on his back. So his head's down like under where her shoulders was. Mm-hmm. And he puts his hands up like this. Right. Uh, like screaming. And it's just two hairy man arms. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's just, and you can it, see it in the movie. Fuck yeah, you can. Or just two hairy man arms. He has this wedding ring on. Oh, my God. <laughs> and then they cut the head off the... um. The, the mold dummy. that they made. Yeah. But yeah, just two fucking dead-ass gorilla arms up in wow. the <laughs> Not quite the end, though. You think it's the end. Yeah, because um, why wouldn't you just get in a fucking canoe and paddle out to the middle of the lake overnight? Originally, that was the end. That was the end of the movie. That's how it's written. That was supposed to end. But instead, we get some happy music. Alice paddles out to the middle of the lake. She has a nice sleep in a canoe. Normal behavior. Cops arrive. She wakes up. She made it. Until it's no longer Friday the 13th now, might I add. No, it's Saturday the 14th, which is a very different movie. You ever seen that? No. Who you would not like it. It's like a kid's horror movie, though. Until deformed child Jason pops out of the water and gets her. Nope, it was just a dream. She is safe. It wasn't a dream. It was a flashback. Yeah. But that's what you think it is when yeah. she wakes up. She's I, in the hospital. Yes. I have a very hard time believing the police would think anyone but her did this. Right? <laughs> I think there's no way she'd be like, oh, it was Pamela Voorhees. Right. No one would believe that. No. She massacred everyone there. Yes. Including the old lady. The cops pulled her out of the lake, so that shit actually did happen. And it's 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 such a shitty ending. Yeah. Nothing supernatural happens in this movie up until this point none of it's supernatural it's all a little far-fetched well, but they added could that on there so that they could do sequels right yes nothing else but setting up for a sequel um that motherfucker should be like 40 years old when he pops out of the lake especially when you see the sequels so the kid jason Voorhees, they had to bring like tom savini and that guy back to do the the prosthetics for that person mm-hmm he he based the fucking look of Jason on some homeless drunk guy from his neighborhood. So it's like some real man who he has no problem naming. Hmm. His name's like Bill Bailey or something. He's like, oh, it's based on Bill Bailey. <laughs> like, what the fuck, dude? Wow. <laughs> Leave Bill Bailey alone. I like this movie, but I hate how it ends. Uh, especially when you consider that he's a fucking adult in the sequels. Yeah. I, because he's a child. 
and then he immediately turns into a a huge adult with he's very strong he's abnormally strong well he's also dead but yeah how did he grow it's it's just weird for it to be like supernatural at the end yeah. of this movie when it never was otherwise yeah. yeah and then the rest of the movies are just supernatural yeah they didn't care though it doesn't have to make sense the money guy the mob guy wanted a different ending the director hated the new ending the new ending worked in the theaters, though, when he did screenings. People were fucking shocked hmm. and loved it because they're stupid, I guess. So that was Friday the 13th. This movie was successful and iconic completely by accident. There's no way that while they were doing it, they're like, yeah, fucking gold. They're, I'm sure they're like, we just got to get this fucking thing made. Right. So after all the craziness surrounding the film... The fact that they just made it up as they went, the movie was hugely successful. Pulled in $60 million at the box office on a budget of $550,000. That is an astronomical profit. They were trying to do what Halloween did, and they did. Yeah. That's exactly, they did exactly the same thing. And now those two are synonymous with the each other. The only difference is they had a huge leg up over Halloween because, like I said, Paramount. Paramount said they will distribute this movie based on the success of Halloween. Halloween didn't have anything else to build off of. Mm -hmm. Halloween was released in one theater when it was released. Friday the 13th was released in over a thousand. So it got a national rollout. Yeah. So it was an advantage. But yeah, they still did the exact same fucking thing those guys did. Mm -hmm. They spent like 500 grand and made tens of millions of dollars. And that's a drop in the bucket compared to what the franchise has made through sequels, merchandising, home video sales, video games. It would be impossible to even know how much this fucking franchise has made. Right. I would say more than Halloween because while Halloween is, it's better. Those movies are better for the most part. Some of them, some of them start to go down that path of what the fuck are they doing here? They're generally better made. I think. I think. That's just my opinion. This and Freddy are the two. They're the top two. Mm-hmm. Like, they're the titans. Right. They're the ones that were everywhere. Billboards, commercials, everything like yeah. that. So, arguably, they copied Halloween and were just much more successful with the formula. Mm-hmm. Critics fucking hated this movie when it came out. Hated it. Like, it was a thing back then. The critics were an on t- And critics were a bigger deal back then. Siskel and Ebert and shit like that. Had TV shows. And they would rail against these fucking movies. They got a lot of these movies changed. That's like, a lot of these movies are super censored, especially the sequels. Mm -hmm. Both this, Friday the 13th. Not as much Halloween, because I don't think Halloween was ever necessarily only about the kills. I think they tried to have plot in it, which is kind of probably why I like them a little bit more. Mm -hmm. And they tried to at least make it make sense. There's a couple that don't make any fucking sense at all. But they at least, I think, tried to have a story. Friday the 13th and Nightmare on Elm Street, maybe not so much. They didn't even really follow their own rules all the time. Right. But yeah, they would rail against these. Siskel and Ebert went as far as publishing Betsy Palmer's home address in their review. Wow. Like, trying to get a campaign of people to send her fucking letters and harass her. Oh my god. Yeah. That's not For being in the fucking movie. Like, she's like, I just need to get my fucking car fixed, guys. I just need some fucking money. Like, do you want to send me the money they paid me? Yes, in their nationally syndicated review of this fucking movie. They put that woman's home address. Wow, that's not cool. No. Now, it somehow has a better critic score than audience score on Rotten Tomatoes. This has a 64% critic score and a 60% audience score. I'm stunned at the audience score is so low. Because usually movies like this that are so like iconic, they people just fucking give them high scores because they're supposed to. Mm-hmm. I like it, though. It isn't my favorite Friday the 13th movie, so I gave it a 4 out of 5 on Letterboxd. What about you? Did you like it? No. No. Was it as bad as you remembered, or was it worse than you remembered? It was the same as I remembered, because I remembered it. That's good. (laughs) It didn't change. But can you at least agree that, like, the idea that these people got together and, like... Yeah, that part is good for them. Good for everybody. You can fucking do it. It's such. It's so inspirational. Some people can fucking do it. Not everybody can fucking do it. I think maybe. If you try hard enough and you're just... 
there was an interview with um, Sean Cunningham, and he said, well, we didn't have anybody, like, to impress. And there was really no um, no harm. Like, we had no reputations to protect. And we didn't know what the rules were to even begin to follow them. So I think there's there's something about that. Not knowing you're not supposed to do something and then doing it. Like, the unwritten rules of everything. Mm-hmm. If you don't even know them, and you break them I think there's something great about doing that and that's how you get fucking movies like this and even Halloween it's magical okay it's magic do you want to continue to write them or should we just stop that I'll do whatever you want I'm asking what you want I don't care do you know where your book is I'm gonna put it last <laughs> yeah, I mean, I like Cable Guy more than that. <laughs> well then, I, I I have I had a feeling it would go somewhere around last. Yeah. So I'm not very surprised, honestly. Yep, last. But we had fun watching it, at least. Sure. I had fun watching it, at least. You usually do. Uh, it it really reminded me. It really took me back to why I started this podcast. We need to watch more movies like this. Great, can't wait. Not not that elevated horror with a message. Once in a blue moon, we just got to get some mindless bullshit in there. I need it for my brain. Okay. <laughs> so, do you have anything else to add? No. Then say goodbye, Carolyn. Goodbye, Carolyn. <laughs>